Well, good morning. It's uh, Tuesday. Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. Uh, That's what you Google to find me. Uh, Tell your friends to Google Political Views TV podcast. I show up right there at the top of the list. And uh, click on it and check me out and, you know, have some fun. Uh, yeah, if you can bring somebody along with you tomorrow, I'd appreciate it. And I appreciate you. If I, I truly appreciate you coming to listen. And if you did bring somebody along with you today, uh, I noticed some people brought people with them yesterday. And that was very nice of you guys. I appreciate it. And you FBI guys, I appreciate you too listening and making sure that I'm on the straight and narrow. <laughs> Uh, Democratic representative AOC, AOC rocks, as I always say, uh, she announced Sunday night that her emergency fundraising campaign for Texans struggling in the aftermath of that, uh, you know, the deadly winter storm, Yuri, that's the name of the winter storm, by the way, it has a name, Yuri, uh, the amount of money she raised just hit $5 million. And what has Ted Cruz done for you lately? crickets. Huh. I wonder if AOC AOC will get uh, any write-in votes in Ted Cruz's next election. (laughs) Uh, AOC represents uh, New York's 14th congressional district, not Texas. Uh, But as we mentioned last week, she still used her high-profile social media presence. I follow her on Twitter. Uh, She used it to begin raising money uh, last Thursday. Uh, and she she raised a million dollars in one day. One night. One night. <laughs> it was crazy. Oh, wow. Uh, she said the proceeds will be split between local organizations providing direct relief to Texans, including uh, the Bridge Homeless... <clears throat> excuse me. The Bridge Homeless uh, Recovery Center, Ending Community Homeless Coalition, uh, Family Elder Care, Houston Food Bank, and Feeding Texas. Those are the groups and other groups. <clears throat> of course, Texas Senator Ted Cruz, one of the two Republican senators in the state, faced a backlash for fleeing to luxury resort in Cancun, Mexico, as his constituents suffered and froze, some of them freezing to death. By the way, somebody got hold of the texts that he had about him going to Cancun and how much he spent and uh, was spending per night there for a room, $309, uh, of course, plus taxes and all that other stuff. There's always extras. Probably going to end up being about $400. But uh, yeah, uh, $400 a night just to get away from people dying. Dozens died. Why should he have to deal with something like that? Anyway, Cruz rushed back home uh, in an attempt to save face, but AOC's $1 million in relief from last week uh, quickly turned to two, then three, then four million. And by Sunday night, uh, AOC said her fundraising effort had hit $5 million. <laughs> Oh, man. I love when little tiny Democrats who used to be waitresses just a few years ago. A waitress. She was a waitress. I love it when they show up 
a, uh, a solid Republican who's been there for a long time. Now that I have your attention, let's make the attempt. Let's try to fix the world. Uh, we, can, we could fix it by really cleaning up the, Stephen, uh, the Supreme Court. Uh, Justices uh, uh, Clarence Thomas and Samuel Alito specifically, and then, of course, Stephen Breyer, who's really old right now, uh, should be the next three judges to be replaced and may get replaced if Biden gets a second term. At the ages of 72 for Thomas, 70 for Alito, and 82 for Breyer. I put them in that order as I hope they'll retire. Uh, Breyer was appointed by Clinton, though he's a conservative, but you never know which way he'll vote and for what reason. Thomas and Alito are a danger to the Republic and would actually take away states' rights, according to the recent opinion. Uh, I should mention states' rights is a conservative belief. The fact that Thomas and Alito would be partisan enough, along with Kavanaugh, to decide against states' rights is disturbing. They rallied against uh, the uh, Pennsylvania court's decision to not allow voter disenfranchisement. Uh, The lower court decided to allow mail-in ballots three days past election because of of the purposeful slowing of mail by DeJoy and problems with COVID. Uh, And of course, the Trump administration challenged that. And even though the case was moot because the election is over, and even with those mail-in ballots, they were were sequestered uh, pending the outcome. Uh, Biden still won, so it didn't really matter. But even though the case is the uh, the case was moot because the election is over, they still wanted to set a president. Those conservative justices, they were fortunately they mi- the minority uh, on the uh, on this decision that chose not to hear the case. So they, of course, in choosing not to hear the case, it gets sent down to the uh, original court's ruling, which was, yeah, they should be allowed, those votes should be allowed to count. Moving on. The House of Representatives Budget Committee today, or yesterday, approved a bill with $1.9 trillion in COVID-19 relief advancing a top priority of Joe Biden toward a full House vote on passage expected later this week. Uh, This was the first major vote for the 591-page package as Democrats continue to debate issues such as raising the minimum wage and how much aid to funnel to struggling state and local governments who have been shelling out tons of money to keep their economies alive. I mean, this we're, we're in a bad state in, here in California, just like any state. I mean, red states are probably worse off than blue states. Uh, the measure passed uh, the panel on a largely party-line vote of 19 to 16. Uh, Democrats hold a thin 10-vote majority which uh, in the House, which leaves... Little room for defections in the face of solid uh, Republican opposition to the legislation. Uh, they have none. They have no majority in the Senate, where the party con- uh, control is uh, a vote for uh, with uh, Vice President Kamala Harris as the tie-breaking uh, vote uh, uh, there in the Senate. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi has said she's aiming for a vote on passing the bill by the end of the week. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, yesterday, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer maintained that the chamber will pass the bill and send the legislation on to Biden for signing before March 14th. 
which is when the latest round of federal unemployment benefits uh, expire. Republicans say the proposal is too costly, not targeted to people who most need help, insufficiently uh, uh, prod schools to reopen, and is a partisan Democrat power play to ignore the GOP. To that, I say several things. Republicans are known for saying, well, we need this in the package because it doesn't target this properly. And then if we let them put it in, they'll vote against it anyway. They just trying to waste time. That's what they did last time. So I call BS on, on, on uh, your decisions, your Republican decisions that you want to uh, change stuff. I call BS. You've lost all credibility. And besides, it'll cost more not to pass it. That's how it is. This is the same thing with, with um, uh, global warming. They're, they're, they're saying that a change to uh, um, uh, 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 renewable energy is too costly. It might cost... Uh, what, $7 trillion, $10 trillion or whatever for a Green New Deal? But the cost, the ongoing cost of global warming is going to be in the trillions, dozens of trillions, the ongoing cost. I mean, as it is, $30 billion for one year in fires in California, just one year. And it's going to be getting worse. And this this latest thing in Texas, which is going to be, what, $50 billion in damages? The ongoing cost to global warming is unacceptable. We need to take care of it now before it gets out of control. So moving on, former U.S. Capitol Police Chief uh, Sund will tell lawmakers today the uh, law enforcement was... <clears throat> prepared for the January 6th U.S. Capitol riots based on intelligence it had, but that intelligence did not suggest a violent coordinated attack which overwhelmed their forces that day. But that's not true, is it? Because I talked to the Capitol Police in December about my concerns about a possible coup. I was worried enough to ask if I needed to show up to protect against a coup. I told the Capitol Police that, and I told the FBI, but they both laughed it off saying that it could not happen. You guys listening in there at the FBI, you know who you are. Sund will uh, testify alongside other law enforcement uh, leaders today. Uh, Information that will uh, likely help shape the search for new leaders and possibly a new security management structure on Capitol Hill. And also, uh, they're going to lose a little bit of power there because they have uh, uh, um, uh, escaped Freedom of of Information Act requests because they they claim they they are immune from Freedom of Information Act requests. And I have a a feeling that immunity is going to fall pretty damn quick. Uh, The Senate Homeland Security and Government Affairs and Senate Rules Committee are holding an open hearing during which they will grill uh, Sund 
former uh, House Sergeant of Arms uh, Paul Irving, former Senate Sergeant of Arms Michael Stanger, and acting Metropolitan Police Chief Robert Conti about how such a catastrophic, catastrophic uh, uh, failure occurred and how to prevent it in the in the future. Uh, the, uh, several of these guys have stepped stepped down, by the way, um, after the uh, insurrection. Irving will testify uh, that intelligent assessments before the January 6th attack incorrectly concluded that there was no remote to improbable chance of civil, uh, there was only a remote to improbable chance of civil disturbance that day. You know, remote to improbable is enough for me. Uh, Conti has already spoken before lawmakers in a closed uh, door hearing, but the testimonies of Irving, Stanger, and Son could be important. All three played uh, critical roles in uh, preparing for the rally on January 6th, and yet Americans have heard hardly anything from them, any of them. So we'll see what happens. According to a report, and you know what? I got to tell you, of the stories of last year, this is uh, one of the ones that uh, just really upset me uh, about this kid that was killed. Ah, man. According to a report by independent investigators released yesterday, police in Aurora, Colorado, had no legal basis to stop, frisk, or use a chokehold on Elijah McLean, the uh, 23-year-old unarmed black man who died in custody in 2019 while walking home. He was walking home. He's the kid who used to play his violin to kittens. He played the violin to kittens because he thought they were lonely and you murdered him. The city council in in the Denver suburb ordered the independent review in, in June amid, you know, nationwide protests over the killing of George Floyd and others. And then, and then this came up. Three police officers respond. If, if, if George Floyd had not happened, we would be hearing nothing about any of this. It would be buried just like everything else. Three police officers responded to the call about a suspicious person stopped and restrained uh, uh, about a uh, uh, suspicious person. They stopped and restrained McLean, who was walking home, and paramedics gave him 500 milligrams of ketamine. That's double the dose his body could handle. 500 milligrams is more than likely my body uh, could handle, and I'm a pretty big guy. Uh, McLean suffered cardiac arrest and eventually uh, declared uh, brain dead. He was taken off life support on August 30th, 2019. An earlier investigation by the police department concluded that the three officers did not violate any policies. But investigators found that previous reviews of the officers' conduct were flawed. They said, The interviews conducted by major crime were neither probing nor objective. The officers involved were not asked key questions about their conduct or the justification for their actions. At times, questions appeared designed to elicit specific exonerating magic language from the case law. The investigators wrote, in addition, the report of, uh, 
of the major crime unit stretched the record to exonerate the officers rather than present a neutral version of the facts. And that's what police are well known for doing. They, uh, and, and this is why the police should never be investigating themselves. Never. Uh, anyway, what they're saying, the, the independent review makes clear what was already known. Elijah should never have been stopped by the police, never have been arrested, never have been subjected to extreme force by the police, and should never have been forcibly injected with ketamine. Uh, lawyers for uh, McCain, uh, that's what lawyers for uh, McLean's family said in a statement. Aurora is responsible for, uh, they went on. Aurora is responsible for Elijah's tragic death by virtue of its employees' unlawful and unconscionable actions. The lawyers added, Sheenan McLean is grateful that the independent investigation has laid bare the wrongdoing of Aurora employees who are responsible for the death of her son. They say Aurora employees are talking about the police and uh, the um, paramedics. She continues to call for Aurora to hold its employees accountable. Uh, Elijah committed no crime on the day of his death, but those who are responsible for Elijah's death certainly did, and I would agree. I will add that those officers should be jailed. They should have been jailed long ago. And those paramedics should lose their licenses and then be jailed. They doubled McLean's weight. He's a skinny little boy. Just a little guy. They doubled his weight. It estimated his weight. They doubled it. And that's what they based the ketamine uh, uh, an injection on. I mean, you know what? I, I was in Vegas once, and I went to one of those guys that guesses your weight. And uh, he, he guessed it. He was, he was uh, off. By the way, I won because he was off enough. <laughs> he, he thought I, I weighed. I look, I look lighter than I weigh because I have, well, it doesn't matter. Um, but to, I understand maybe being off by 20 pounds. And then maybe you wanted to air lighter. You know what? Maybe air 10% lighter just to make sure. But to be off by more than 100 pounds. Are you kidding me? Really? How can you be off by that much? Moving on. Uh, the wife of El Chapo apparently uh, continued her husband's uh, family, uh, family business of being drug kingpin. <laughs> uh, Emma Coronel Aispuro, uh, 31 years old, head of the, head of the uh, drug kingpin uh, business. Uh, she's California-born, by the way, dual U.S.-Mexican uh, citizen. She was arrested Monday over at uh, Dulles Airport, I believe it was. Uh, for allegedly helping her husband run his multi-billion dollar international drug cartel and for aiding in his uh, 2015 uh, escape from uh, Mexican prison. She faces charges for participating in conspiracy to distribute cocaine, methamphetamine, heroin, and marijuana for importation into the U.S. And that's according to the Justice Department. And of course, also for helping him escape. Um, looks like Australia flinched. 
They flinched first. And I was wait. I, I told you. I just a couple days ago, I said, who's gonna flinch first? And uh yeah, Australia flinched. Facebook will re- restore news pages to Australia uh, after the government agreed changes to the planned media code that the company said would allow it to retain greater control over what appears on its platform. The initial version of the legislation would have allowed media outlets to bargain either individually or collectively with Facebook and Google uh, and to enter uh, binding arbitration if the parties couldn't reach an agreement. Today, the Australian government said it would amend the code to include a provision that must take into account whether a digital platform has made a significant contribution to the sustainability of the Australian news industry through reaching commercial agreements with news media businesses. So, Facebook wins. Google had already made deals, uh, but they will win with this decision as well. So, hey, (laughs) short one today. Hope you guys are having a great day. Hope you guys are having a great week. Uh, thanks for coming. I, you know what? Yeah, sure. I got it under 22 minutes. That's not so bad. But that's it. Thanks for listening. Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. Tuesday, February 23rd, 2021. PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. And I really appreciate you coming and listening. Bring someone with you tomorrow. Thank you for bringing someone with you today. Tell your friends about it. Tell them to Google Political Views TV podcast and come check me out. And remember, as I say, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. I'm Peter Lawrence reporting from Los Angeles.